What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Whole Nine Draft Podcast. I am your host, Josh Berg, and we have got a great show for you this week. It is a mock draft episode. I know I promised a mock draft episode uh, last week with the previous podcast, but I had a bunch of other stuff going on. Um, we're going to be getting back into more consistent content here on the Whole Nine Draft Podcast. It is Senior Bowl roster announcement day, so I'm going to be kind of checking my phone as I'm recording here. We've already had three quarterbacks get announced today. Um, Jordan Love, Shea Patterson, and Steven Montez are all going to be in Mobile, and so will Whole Nine Sports. We're going to be going down there, staying in a house with a bunch of the guys from your favorite Whole Nine Sports articles and podcasts. We're going to be down in Mobile. So if you guys do go down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl, we'll be down there January 19th to the 25th. If you guys do want to meet up with us down there, we'll be more than happy to uh, interact with all you guys in Mobile at the stands, in the uh, media access stuff, all that cool stuff. Whole Nine will be down there. Um, doing a bunch of different stuff. We're going to be doing a lot of scouting. I want to try and get together one big whole nine draft podcast where we have all of us kind of pitch in and do a collaborative mock draft and all this stuff. So I, uh, I'm going to be excited. Like I said, super excited. Just a little bit over a month away, we will be in Mobile. So we are happy and excited to be doing that. Follow me on Twitter at joshberg0611. I'm posting a lot more draft and scouting content on my Twitter. A lot of uh, film opinions on prospects etc etc so go ahead and check it out follow the draft podcast at wn draft pod as well see any uh, episode updates and things like that also go to wholenlinesports.com check out all the latest articles i recently had my first ever draft log published this past week it's going to be a weekly series i'm going to go over and in depth a major topic and do like a big board or a mock or something it's very similar to um what you see on Bleach Report with Matt Miller, I think it's um, it's got my own flavor to it. I think it's got my own style and own formula there, but I think it's going to be a great hit. So go ahead and go check that out. It, this one, we talked about the importance of the Senior Bowl and why it should not be overlooked. Plus, I also went over my top 50 big board, my first top 50 big board of the season. So go ahead and check those out on Whole Nine Sports and the rest of the articles. We had a great Cincinnati Bengals, um, Fates of the Franchi- Fate of the Franchise article published today. We had the Cowboys. Mock draft, seven-round mock, published today as well. And we also had a mock draft on Monday posted by Mike. So go ahead and check all those articles out at wholenlinesports.com. Hit the articles tab. You will find them all there. Also, follow Whole Nine Sports on Twitter. That's at Whole Nine Sports. We're doing a giveaway at 500 followers. If we get to 500 followers by Christmas, we're giving away a free Amazon Echo Dot. All you have to do is follow the account, and then all non-WNS followers will be entered in the giveaway. We're going to be doing that, so go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Once again, that's at Whole9Sports on Twitter, and you're, boom, just retweet, like, follow. All i got to do is hit that follow button, and you will be entered in the giveaway. Also, hit bell, the bell icon so you guys can see every single tweet that we do. We're really hammering this promotional thing here at Whole Nine Sports, trying to get better and bigger. So go ahead and follow us there. Like I said, today's going to be a mock draft episode, and then also, as I'm explaining these picks, I'm not going to go too in-depth on a lot of them because I'm going to have a mock draft coming out on the website, hopefully in the next couple weeks, where I'll go a lot more in-depth. Um, so this is going to kind of be, I don't want to say a shorter episode, but it's going to be closer to the 30 to 40 minute mark, as opposed to the other episodes being, you know, in the uh, 50 to 60 minute mark. So... That is what we're going to be doing today. 
at the end of the mock, I'm also going to go ahead and give you guys a list of guys that missed the cut in round one that I think could sneak in there. Um, and then, as always, this is based on what I think the team will do, not what I would do um, if I was the GM. Our job is to try and predict what the pick is going to be based on what we know about the team, the personnel, the scheme, and the draft prospects that are on the board, what kind of players that they like. So that's what I did here. So we're going to go ahead and start with the Bungles, Cincinnati Bengals, who currently have the number one overall pick. And we gave Joe Burrow. I think it's pretty obvious here. Andy Dalton, his mediocrity will be clouding Cincinnati no more. And Joe Burrow, he's got everything that you want. He's a great kid. If you didn't watch his Heisman speech, I would go highly recommend listening to it. It was fantastic. Um, you could see the emotion that this kid brings and how much he truly cares about other people, including his head coach at, at Orgeron. So he's the number one overall pick. He's got everything from athleticism to arm and talent and accuracy. Not the biggest arm, but man, does he have the biggest heart. This guy's going to be a franchise quarterback. He's got everything you need. Bengals take him at number one. The Giants at pick two. Chase Young, edge rusher out of Ohio State. This is a no-brainer pick. Slam dunk. You got Eli his win. He was able to uh, get his send-off. Now stop winning games. Put in Saquon Barkley at quarterback or put in uh, Aldrich Rosas. Put in anyone else that won't win you games at quarterback. Lose the rest of the year. Secure the number two pick. Make sure that Washington doesn't get it so you guys can have Chase Young, the most dominant and athletic pass rusher in this draft and pretty much on everyone's board, the best player in the draft, period. So take him there. Miami Dolphins at pick three. This pick's going to get some controversy, but I still got them taking two of Tonga Viola, quarterback out of Bama, regarding any major red flags from the from the medical reports. Um, Miami has done a really good job of tanking. They've gotten a lot of good assets, so I don't love that they traded Tunsil and Fitzpatrick um, because I think they were two cornerstone pieces at two premier positions. Um, I always say they're big. They're the big five premier positions. You got a quarterback, you got a left tackle, you got a pass rusher, you got a corner, and then a middle linebacker. I think are the premium positions because middle linebacker, the way that the game is changing, you got to have someone that can be direct plays and um, get in coverage. And I think middle linebackers do a great job of doing that. With that being said, you look at Miami. They're playing really hard for Coach Brian Flores right now. I don't believe in the hype that he should be considered in Coach of the Year because, granted, it's uh, they're a three-win team. But he's done a great job. He's created great culture there in Miami. Tua, you've done this tank for Tua thing for I don't know how many months on end. You've been planning for it since last year. Just take the guy, and everything will work itself out. Pick four, the Washington Redskins take Jeffrey Akuda, corner out of Ohio State, the best corner that I've evaluated since Jalen Ramsey. And that's pretty much consensus from pretty much anyone who would have been my quarterback one last year over Greedy Williams. He is just that good. Um, and the Redskins, who do not have a lot of great positions on their team, they, they like their what they've got in Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Everywhere else is kind of a question mark. You look at this team at wide receiver, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they take Judy here. Um, they like what they got in Terry McLaurin. Is he a legit number receiver, wide receiver number one? I don't know. Um, Judy and I believe Judy and Lamb could be that. Um, but they also need offensive tackle with Trent Williams, possibly. I mean, not possibly. He won't be in the Redskins uniform ever again um, with the way that that, that organization is treating him. He's not going to be in there. So maybe we see Andrew Thomas here at four, but I just like the value of Akuda. It's, it's just such a 
such a great player at pick four. He's a top three player on my board. He's actually number three behind Young and Burrow. To me, you're getting a better player at a bigger position of need than left tackle, which sounds really weird for me because I preach and preach and preach on the podcast about how important protect, excuse me, protection is for a young rookie quarterback. But the more I evaluate this offensive line class, the more I don't like having an offensive lineman in my top five. I, I don't like it. It's just, it doesn't look right to me. It's not as deep as past years. The number one's not, would have been like a number two or three in most other classes. Um, so Andrew Thomas, going to slide down the board a little bit. Redskins taking Akuda. Pick five, the Detroit Lions take Derek Brown. Um, I think they're regretting not taking Ed Oliver last year. I think they really are. They need a defensive monster in both the run and the pass. Derek Brown is that. Matt Patricia's got to do something with this team, whether he's back next year or not. He needs to figure something out, get this player piece. I think they're going to give him one more season to kind of figure it out with the defense. Trading away Diggs was a horrible idea. Their secondary is really bad, but Akuda is not on the board, and I'm not taking Delpit in the top 10 anymore. Give him Derek Brown. Big-time monster and high-motor guy. He's a pick there at pick five. Number six, Arizona Cardinals. I would love to give them C.D. Lamb here, and it was actually like really close um, because of his familiarity with Kyler. Um, I think that he would just be fantastic in the offense. They need receiver. Fitzgerald's not getting any younger. But again, Andrew Thomas. Um, bigger position of need at a position th- that is less that has less depth in it. Outside the top three guys in Thomas and Wirfs and Wills, there's not a whole lot of great offensive line prospects on the board. Um, and I don't think any one of those three guys are quote-unquote great either. So you take Thomas. He's a plug-and-play guy. You can play him both the left side and the right side if you need him to. You just got to protect Kyler at all costs. He's a big guy that's got athletic ability. He can move around. I just think he's a good fit here for Arizona at pick six. Pick seven, New York Jets. Do not hate me. You are not getting an offensive lineman. I'm giving you Jerry Judy here, although I think I think CeeDee Lamb is creeping up towards that number one receiver mark for me. He's just more explosive than um, than Jerry Judy, who is dropping the ball a lot more this year. I didn't see it on tape last year, but this year he's dropping the ball. He's letting the body come to him, and he's just kind of hitting the ground sometimes. So, But I think the Jets are going to go hard in free agency and trades to keep, patch up the offensive line for Sam Darnold because they know this is not a great offensive line class. And then I think they're going to end up taking um, a skill position player here for Darnold to play with. Jerry Judy, all-world talent. The tape is concerning this year a little bit as far as body catching and drops, but he's just a premier route runner. He's got really good speed. He's the pick here for the Jets at pick seven. Darnold gets in number one weapon. Jags at pick eight. Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. Another no-brainer for me because of how the way the board's fallen. Um, C.D. Lamb is obviously a option here, but I think again the depth at receiver is just so much better than the depth at uh, at linebacker. And you saw what the loss of Telvin Smith did to this defense; it's completely demoralized it. So now you got a new playmaking, rangy linebacker that has elite coverage skills. And Isaiah Simmons, I can be used in a bunch of different ways. He is the pick here at pick eight. The Chargers at pick nine. I went Justin Herbert here. I don't like it. Herbert's not one of my favorite guys, 
in this class. He's a project to me. I haven't seen a lot of development from him, but Phillip Rivers against my Minnesota Vikings looked pathetic. Seven turnovers in one game for the Chargers between interceptions and fumbles. They've got to bring someone new in. I think they let Rivers walk, retire, go to a new team, whatever. Put Tyrod Taylor in a quarterback for a year. Herbert can sit behind and develop. And then 2021, Herbert's the starting quarterback for the Chargers. Insane arm talent, insane athletic ability, inconsistencies accuracy-wise. And you're going to have to – he reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. Um, A lot of Josh Allen. I think Herbert is a guy that the Chargers are going to see. You know, they're, whether they move again or not, I think it's just a new era of the Chargers. This roster, top to bottom, especially on that defense, is just so good. You can't waste the young talent that you have on that roster. And the Bosa um, and Ingram tandem up front, and Derwin James and Desmond King in the back. You just can't waste all these good players with bad quarterback play. So you bring him in at quarterback, and you kick the ball rolling here on this new face of the franchise here with the Chargers. Pick 10, the Denver Broncos. Now, I made this mock before I found out about Von Miller, um, potentially him him and the Broncos parting ways. Um, I think the Broncos actually have a pretty good roster. I think they found their franchise guy in Drew Locke, number one receiver, Cortland Sutton. They've got a number, nice one-two duo running back with Lindsey and Freeman. And then on the defensive side, obviously Chris Harris and Simmons are both free agents. I think they're going to bring Simmons back. You've got Bradley Chubb um, on one side. If you keep Von Miller, you've got Miller on the other side. So I think you got to do whatever you got to do to get a weapon or get Drew Locke some help. Um, and that's Jedrick Wills here at 10. I will, I think Worfs is a better player, but I think Wills is a better fit for the Broncos. I think he's more athletic. He can move a little bit better um, than Worfs, who I think is more of a stereotypical right tackle, and or kicked inside to guard. I don't think he's a left tackle in the league, which Garrett Bowles has been awful for the Denver Broncos. I think Wills can step in and play left tackle in the NFL, so he's the pick here for the Broncos at pick 10. Carolina Panthers at pick 11. I gave him Christian Fulton here, who we'll be seeing down in Mobile. Um, that was announced last week. But uh, um, this this pick goes multiple different directions. I would not be shocked if to see a Jacob Eason or Jordan Love here or Jake Fromm. Um, I don't think either of those guys are worthy of a top 11 pick. And I would actually like to see Jake Fromm go back to school. But... Christian Fulton, the position to need in corner. You need someone opposite of Brad Berry in the secondary. Fulton is one of my favorite players in this draft. And I think that the Panthers now have just got to continue to accumulate talent. It would not surprise me if they went defensive tackle here either. Javon, uh, Javon Kinlaw is an absolute stud, another one of my favorite players. You can easily let Gerald McCoy and Vernon Butler walk in free agency, save you some cap, and just draft Kinlaw to plug and play. Um, but these guys, they're like... Kinlaw and Fulton are really close together on my big board. You can go again check that out in my article on Homelinesports.com. That's Josh Berg's draft log. The importance of the Senior Bowl episode, or I guess uh, article number one, I guess is what we're going to call it. Article number two is going to come out this week. It's going to be a good one. Um, but Christian Fulton, I think it's just a slam dunk corner here for the Panthers at pick 11. Atlanta Falcons at pick 12. AJ Epinesa, who is a top six player on my board, falling to Atlanta at 12. Atlanta needs help getting to the quarterback. Um, Vic Beasley has not been what he was supposed to be since that all-pro caliber season. Tack McKinley's been in and out with injuries. They just have not been consistent getting to the passer. Getting to the passer. And in a uh, division where you got Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater, whatever the um, New Orleans Saints want to do, Jameis Winston, who throws the ball 50 times a game, 
You've got to be able to get to the quarterback. This defense has been bad, really bad. So you really could go anywhere on the defense. I don't think you need safety with Keanu Neal there. I don't think you need linebacker with Deion Jones if he's fully healthy as one of the better linebackers in football. And interior defensive line is intriguing here because if you can combine Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw with Grady Jarrett, I think that's a nasty inside pass rushing duo. But how would you get someone on the outside of Grady Jarrett? Keep Grady Jarrett in the middle, and you have Epinesa, who's really um, one major thing that we're concerned about him was production coming into the season. And again, it was slow again to start this season, but he picked it up last couple of weeks. He's proven, and he should be in the conversation for a top five, top seven pick. He falls to 12 to Atlanta. Pick 13, the Oakland Raiders taking C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. I'm falling in love with this kid every single time I turn on the tape of him. He's just someone that is super explosive, um, and he's got elite tracking ability and ball skills. He's able to find it pretty much anywhere. He's a deep threat every time he touches the football. He he's just he's a lot of fun to watch. I think he has a higher upside than Jerry Judy does. Um, you can't tackle him. You can't bring him down. He, he, he's perfect fit for Oakland. I think that they could go quarterback here, though, especially the uh, reception that Derek Carr got moving to Vegas. And they could look to get a new franchise quarterback. Um, but again, I just don't see a quarterback on the board we're taking. C.D. Lamb is an elite playmaker. You take him at pick 13, and you're happy about it. 14, the Cleveland Browns take Tristan Wirfs, offensive lineman out of Iowa, and I'm classifying him as an offensive lineman. He's going to end up being ranked and scouted as a tackle because it's what he played in college, but I think he's one of the tackles this year that you could really see get kicked into guard um, at the NFL level. I think Cleveland has got so many issues right now, top to bottom on the offensive line. Really, you could use pretty much every position other than center on this team, Um but, you know, Wirfs has got nimble feet, big stature. I mean, he's 6'5", 322. He's got really good strength on the lower half of his body. And he's actually pretty good as far as fluidity when he moves. Um, so that's always a positive when you got a guy that can become rangy and take off that extra edge. Um, but, again, he's going to be seen by most teams as a right tackle as opposed to a left tackle. Um, obviously... You had um, Alaric Jackson at Iowa, who was their left tackle, and then he got hurt, so Wirfs had to move over to the left side. But he definitely looks a lot more comfortable on the right side of the offensive line. So if you're drafting him, you're not drafting him to be a potential franchise left tackle. You're drafting him to be a right tackle, which will you know, put some question marks on some teams as far as the value of being a top 15 pick. The Indianapolis Colts at pick 15. Pretty disappointing season for the Colts, um, you know, with luck retirement, Hilton being hurt, not having elite playmakers on the outside. is kind of been a struggle. I give him Javon Kinlaw here at pick 15. Like I said, one of my favorite players. Just insane talent, athletic-wise. Really good across the board. Oh, another Senior Bowl update, and it's Terrell Lewis, pass rusher from Alabama, is going to Senior Bowl. That's actually pretty awesome. Another one. Of kind of my sleeper guys that I'm starting to grow on a little bit as a late first, early second round pick. Um, you guys will find out if I have him in this mock or not. Um, but going back to Javon Kinlaw here at pick 16, you watch him, 
he's he doesn't have a high motor he'll get hit you with that first move and i've talked about this in the past hit you with that first move and if he can't get you then he's got to find different ways to get to the quarterback and in the backfield which i don't think that he's been able to do quite as well this year as um you know Derek brown or any of these other pass rushers but i think that his athletic upside is something that is just teams are going to fall in love with that you can you can develop him into become a absolute monster so i've got javon kinlaw at pick 15 Philadelphia Eagles, pick 16. This is um, my buddy Spencer Bogan's favorite NFL team. He said, do whatever you can to give us Jeffrey Akuda." Jeffrey Akuda is not making it all the way to 16, so unless you want to give up the entire roster to move up into the top three, you're not going to get Jeff Akuda. So sorry about that, Spence. And since we don't do mock drafts with trades, I give you guys Henry Ruggs at pick 16. Carson Wentz's number one receiver right now is Greg Ward, who's a former Houston quarterback in college. That should tell you everything you need to know about this receiving core. Deshaun Jackson, hurt. Ashton Jeffrey, hurt. Nelson Aguilar, hurt and has bad case of the drops. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Have we even mentioned him at all in any games that have been meaningful? He's been a completely disappointment. And then Matt Collins got cut. So Philadelphia needs help. Henry Ruggs has got elite speed, 4-2 speed, big-time playmaker. Carson Wentz, you watched the offense with Deshaun Jackson and without Deshaun Jackson. This team was a lot better when Carson Wentz was able to air it out downfield to Deshaun Jackson. Plug and play Henry Ruggs, and you can do that once again. He's he's going to run 4-2. Um, the big concern with him is a lot, he's drawing a lot of comparisons to Tyree Kill, which I, I can see why, but he's not as nearly as much of a diverse route runner as Tyreek Hill is. Hill is more of, you know, he can do a bunch of different things, not just go deep. Ruggs is going to have to polish his route running and route tree a little bit better, but I think that he's still a phenomenal talent. Pick 17, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I give him Paulson Adebo corner out of Stanford. Paulson Adebo is one of the more controversial prospects in this draft. Not necessarily for, like, he's a bad player. He's, um you know, like a bad character guy. He's just, I mean, I was, I had Evan over Evan Mead from whole nine, one of my best friends in life and at whole nine sports. And he was over here and we were doing collaborative mock draft. Cause the plan today was, you know, to surprise everyone with a collab mock draft. And we got to one of these, these teen picks. And I mentioned Paulson Adebo and he absolutely hates Paulson Adebo. We went on, we went on an argument for about 20 minutes about Paulson Adebo and we lost track of time and he had to go to his day job. So that's why I'm giving you my mock draft that I made last night instead. But Adebo, to me, the big thing with him is he doesn't turn his head when he's in coverage. Um, but the thing that makes him so special is he's physical, he's long, he's rangy, and he still makes plays when he doesn't turn his head. He has really good body placement. He gets himself in between the ball and and the receiver to make plays and he has really good instinctive um intermediate route coverage what i mean by that is if you were to try to get over the middle with him he's got the athletic ability to just dive in front and make a play you're not going to be able, he's not the fastest guy but you're not going to be able to make or gain a step on him because of how well he is as far as a technician goes in coverage i really like him i'm not sure i would want the vikings taking him at pick 17 but i think that the Bucks with the secondary help. I think that Bulls wants his um, Jamal Adams type guy, so I could see Grant Delpit going here. I just think Adebo is a, a bigger need at a more premium position at corner. The Oakland Raiders sitting here at 18 with their second pick. We obviously gave them C.D. Lamb with their first pick, and now we're going to give them Kenneth Murray. 
out of Oklahoma linebacker. Um, this team has got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent. Kenneth Murray is just going to add to that. He's been one of the bigger risers in the entire process this in- this past year. He's been a guy that we weren't really talking about to now being a consensus linebacker two, linebacker three in the class. Really good player. Um, I've mentioned before he's really patient in making plays, which makes him such a a coach's favorite to have on the team because he's going to be able to dissect the offense and tell you what they're doing. Um, the only thing that I have, like major concern for him, is he linebackers are like having that nastiness that kind of just go get him, and he's more of a reactionary, stationary, patient player as opposed to a hard-nosed hitter. Um, but like I said, I think his instincts are phenomenal, and his IQ is off the charts. John Gruden's going to have a lot of fun drawing, drawing up some different stuff here and using him in a bunch of different ways on defense. The Tennessee Titans at pick 19. Ryan Tannehill's emergence has eliminated the quarterback being of discussion for the Tennessee Titans, at least in round one. You know, you can still see them taking like a Jacob Eason or Jalen Hurts or something in round two or three if they so chose to do so. But I'm giving them Uter Gross Matos here. With that 3-4 system, you got to find someone opposite of Harold Landry, which is an absolute steal that they got out of Boston College. Uter Gross Matos can do that. He's a productive player, not the fastest guy, but he's very good off the edge here. I think that Tennessee just needs to get more premium position players. So I think that pass rusher is going to be neat. I think they could use another corner, a top-tier receiver for Ryan Tannehill. I think that those are going to be the positions that they look for. I think they want to try to build around Tannehill, at least for the short-term future. He's playing good football right now, so he is not going to be ousted by a rookie quarterback. Therefore, Gross Matos is the pick. Jacksonville Jaguars at pick 20. We gave him Isaiah Simmons with the first pick to replace Telvin Smith. How would you give him C.J. Henderson to replace Jalen Ramsey? Um, going into this process, C.J. Henderson was one of my least favorite players. Um, and because... I hadn't watched a lot of tape on him, but I'd read that he can't tackle, and I just you, you need to be able to tackle in the NFL, right? But you go back and you watch him; he's a pretty good tackler. He's he has his flaws, um, but he he can once he gets wrapped up, he's he's bringing you down. But Henderson is easily the most athletic and uh, fastest corners in this draft class, and he's also what he's able to do in coverage technique wise is really really good for him as well. I think that. He's going to be a nice compliment to A.J. Boye on the outside that can develop a new corner one um, upside. But I think that he's just he's got a, such a high floor that if all he is is a cornerback two for 10 years, I think you're going to be satisfied with him. He's just that good um, and a polish of a player. As long as you can teach him to wrap up just a little bit better, a little bit tighter, get a little bit better at tackling, he's going to be a guy that you're going to want on your team for a long time. Dallas Cowboys at pick 21. Grant Delpit, safety at LSU. To me, I don't think Jamal Adams is going anywhere, and even if he is, I don't think the Cowboys have the draft capital to satisfy the Jets. Um, I think they're going to take Grant Delpit, who is uh, similar to Jamal Adams. I think Jamal Adams is a lot better player, but Grant Delpit, like Jamal Adams, can be used in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, he can be used in sub-blitz packages. He can be used in the nickel. He can be used ranging at linebacker. He can be used as a single hand safety he can do a lot of different things and I just think his tape this year I don't know if it's just because he's fallen off a little bit or he was trying to stay healthy to secure a draft spot but you look him at the past four or five games 
after this first half of the season, he's played a lot better because I think he saw his draft stock falling a little bit because he seemed like he was taking plays off. So I think that you take Delpit at 21 here, excuse me, with Dallas, and you're going to be a very satisfied Cowboys, excuse me, satisfied Cowboys fan. And I think I said, I think Grant Delpit, he came into the year as a consensus top five player. He's coming out as a more mid to late first rounder with top five upside for sure. Moving on here to pick 21, or excuse me, 22, the Miami Dolphins. First of back-to-back picks currently as it is laid out. I've got them taking Alex Leatherwood off its tackle out of Alabama. I'm not a big fan of Leatherwood, um, but to me this this draft pick makes perfect sense, and I'll explain to you why. Um, when you look at the Dolphins, and they took Tua Tonga Viola at pick 3, that means they're going to need a blindside protector. For Tua Tungavaila. And who better to do so than the guy who was his blindside protector at Alabama? That's Alex Leatherwood. He's a prototypical right tackle. Tua is a left handed quarterback, which means his blindside is going to be the right side. Just makes too much sense here. Leatherwood, not anything special as far as a franchise left tackle, but he could be a really good plug and play right tackle, especially for his former college quarterback. The fit here makes perfect sense. And then the pick 23, the Miami Dolphins taking Jonathan Taylor. Um, and I'll explain Taylor over Swift. It's pretty simple to me. I think Swift is a way better player. I don't want to say way better. I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say way better. He's a better player. Um, I graded them both. Swift got a first-round grade. Taylor got a second-round grade. It's pretty self-explanatory. But to me, you look at Swift and you look at Taylor, I think Taylor is way more uh, able to handle a... Bigger workload than Swift is. He's a bigger back. He's got more carries on him, got more tread on the tires. Therefore, he's got more experience getting 20 to 30 touches a game. While Swift is more of a guy that should be getting a 10 to 15 carries and another five out of the backfield. Taylor has gotten better at receiving. He's still not nearly the receiver that Swift is, but he's gotten better at receiving. And I think that he's just a guy that will fit better in Miami and what I think they should and will be able to do on offense than uh, Swift would be. Andrew Swift, not in the first round on my mock draft. 24 Minnesota Vikings. This is my favorite team in the NFL. Um, biases aside, though, they got one of my favorite corners in this draft. I like C.J. Henderson as a fit here more. Um, obviously, Akuda and Fulton as well. But I've got them taking Sean Wade, corner out of Ohio State, opposite of Jeffrey Akuda. He's a redshirt sophomore. So if he declares or not, we don't know. But he's somebody that has got upside. Um, he's right now primarily a slot guy, which I know might concern some Vikings fans because you look at our roster. He has Alexander, Mike Hughes, and now you add Sean Wade. He's another slot guy. Trey Waynes is a free agent. What are you going to do about it? But Wade's got length. He's 6'1", 194. He's not big and strong like it is Avery Rose or Trey Waynes is. But I think he's got way better speed. And he's... What the Vikings have an issue with, and you can watch, you can watch this um, in their coverage team, whether this is a corner thing or if it's a Mike Zimmer thing, they want to force a lot of balls underneath. They, they want to try and eliminate big plays. Obviously, Xavier Rhodes is doing a great job at giving up big plays whether that's downfield or with pass interference plays. Um, but when you look at what the Vikings want to do, they want to force the ball underneath. But their corners are not doing a very good job of eliminating those plays, and they're allowing them to get underneath too easily. Sean Wade 
is fantastic at those underneath intermediate routes, especially when he's lined up against the press. Um, he's got the catch-up speed where he can get up if he gets beaten downfield. He's got the speed to be able to um, catch up and make a play. And he's one of the better tacklers at corner in the draft as well. He's just an all-around full, complete corner with upside that is just trajecting him towards top five. Like, if he were to stay in college, he could be a top ten pick next year if he were to stay. I just, I, right now he hasn't said he's declaring or staying there for him including him in the mock here at 24 Minnesota. The Buffalo Bills at pick 25. I got them taking T. Higgins, wide receiver out of Clemson, who's really ramped up the production the last month of the season with a lot of touchdowns. He's a big physical body. And you look at the the Bills, they've got a lot of these smaller guys. Uh, Cole Beasley, John Brown, they're more intermediate slot guys. John Brown obviously got a little bit of deep threat upside as well down the field, but they need a big body guy to go up and get him. T. Higgins reminds me a lot of Alshon Jeffrey. Um, that's not my official pro comp yet, still working out some things for him, but he, he reminds me of a big body receiver that can get those contested 50-50 balls, which means Josh Allen can air the ball out and get can trust his receiver to come down with it. T. Higgins has been productive. He is, at the beginning of the year, he was in the conversation for being a number one, number two receiver in this draft class. He obviously fell, and he's now, I think, the fourth or fifth one taken in this mock, but Buffalo's a lot of fun to watch. Um, they just need another toy on offense for Josh Allen. And right now, for me, that's T. Higgins out of Clemson. At pick 26, the Kansas City Chiefs have got them taking Tyler Biasdash. I don't even know how you say his last name. Biasdash? I don't know. He's an interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin. A lot of Chiefs fans might hate me for not giving him DeAndre Swift here. But to me, you've got a bigger need here in offensive line and a bigger asset to protect in Patrick Mahomes. He got hurt this year. Missed a couple games. That's scary. You got to protect him. Um, I would love a corner here as well, but the depth has kind of fallen off a little bit. I'm absolutely in love with Jalen Johnson and Jeff Gladney. I really think they're great players. I think they are late round one guys, but I think they're more early round two guys. And I think the Chiefs would see Patrick Mahomes and see what they've got in the offensive line and want to add more pieces to it. So I've got them taking Tyler Biazes, who can play guard or he can play at center. So I think there's a couple different ways that they can use him here. Another player that can be used in a lot of different ways is my pick here at 27 to the New Orleans Saints. We've got them taking um, LaVisca Chennault, wide receiver out of Colorado as a Darnay Holmes has been accepted to the Senior Bowl defensive back out of UCLA. So there is another player on the list. I'm going to end up posting on Twitter, once again, on Twitter, at JoshBerg0611, the full list of players that have been um, accepted. We'll obviously have the full rosters on the Reese's website and NFL.com as well, but I'll end up tweeting you guys um, just the full list of rosters so you guys can find it that way as well. But you look at what the Saints need, and what Drew Brees was able to do last night was phenomenal. 29-30, four touchdowns. He was absolutely insane. Broke the passing touchdown record for Peyton Manning. Congratulations to Drew. You definitely have earned it. But do you look at the offense? Michael Thomas is the offense right now in the passing game. He needed a legit number two receiver. Taysom Hill has got more reception touchdowns than Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, Odell Beckham Jr., and Devontae Adams. That should tell you everything you need to know. They want a guy that can be used as a Swiss Army knife on offense in multiple different ways. That's LaVisca Chennault. You can put him on end rounds. You can put him in jet screens or jet sweeps. You can put him in the screen game. You can put him downfield. He's exactly what you need opposite of Michael Thomas. You've got two possessional guys that can get really good with the ball in their hands and run after catch. 
and now you've got different ways that you can use multiple guys. I just think that this is a this is the really last number one elite receiver on the. I don't want to say number one receiver, but he is the last like big name receiver in this historic class. Everyone else is really, really freaking good. Round two, round three, Jalen Rieger, Brandon Ayuk, Devonta Smith. If he declares, will be in this top tier list as well. Um, this receiver class is absolutely insane. Once again, follow, check out uh, the draft log, the second series of the draft log. I'm going to be talking about the receiver class a lot. That'll be up later this week as well. Um, I think the Saints, though, need playmakers on offense. LaVisca Chenault is that guy for me. Pick 28, Xavier McKinney going to the Niners, safety out of Bama. This this corner and sec- the secondary has looked a little bit rough the past couple weeks. Um, maybe it's because Richard Sherman hasn't been fully 100% healthy. We don't quite know. Um, but they need a safety that can make big plays. McKinney is that guy for me here for the Niners at 28. Um, I thought about Creed Humphrey, but I just don't see the value of taking him at interior offensive lineman unless it's a massive need, which it is their number one need, but I think McKinney is a need and a better player. So we go there. The England Patriots pick 29, take Caleb Von Chasen, edge out of LSU. A lot of people are going to be screaming at me for Bryson Hopkins or Hunter Bryant or Albert Aquanibanam, any tight end. But you got to think like the Patriots. They don't care what anyone else thinks they need to do. They're going to take best player available, and this just seems like a Patriots pick. Find a strength and make it an even bigger strength. Situational pass rusher and chasing with elite upside. Um, he's not As far as production, is, is not there. Uh, quite yet, he only I think has four and a half sacks this season. But I really like him. He's got high motor and upside to be a number one pass rusher in the league. The Patriots will polish him up technique-wise and get him on the field ready to roll. Green Bay Packers. I've got them taking Jalen Rieger here, wide receiver at TCU, who is a whole nine sports favorite. Um, for as far as Andrew Thomas has just declared. For the NFL draft, um, offensive tackle out of Georgia. So, kind of breaking you guys some news here as I'm recording the podcast. Like I said, I've got Twitter notifications up on my phone, pretty much for every major news outlet, sports-wise, so I can keep up to date and everything. But Jalen Rieger goes here to the Green Bay Packers. You need to get Aaron Rodgers some help, uh, pretty badly outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. He needs another receiver similar to Breeze. He needs another receiver that can be used in a couple different ways. Jalen Rieger is one of the more explosive guys in college football. He's really quick and fast, well-balanced. Um, he's not the biggest, strongest guy, but you've got Devontae Adams on one side. That's more of your jump ball, big, strong, touchdown, red zone guy. Rieger can now just get an open space, make explosive plays down the field. I think Rodgers will have a lot of fun with him. And like I said, he is a whole nine sports favorite. We do like some Jalen Rieger over here at whole nine Trying to push him into round one territory here. Epic 31, the Seattle Seahawks taking Ra- Raekwon Davis. Um, this is interesting. A lot of people are giving them pass rushers. I just didn't want to reach for Curtis Weaver here, who I do like. Um, just not in round 31. You know, you look or <laughs> at pick 31, not round 31. At pick 31, um, th- it, to me, it'd be a lot similar to the LJ Collier pick, where you're just kind of reaching for a guy that's mid, early to mid round two, just taking him in your one. It just... Uh, in round one, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. Take Raekwon Davis, who's an established Alabama defensive lineman. Those seem to work out just fine in the NFL. Again, we don't we don't look at what school you go to to give a opinion on the player. But Raekwon Davis is a big body guy, 6'7", 308 pounds. Big power and lengthy player. He is 
built to play down in the trenches on the inside. Seattle Seahawks need to get better at stopping the run. They again a lot like on a, a lot of these teams need corner. I think the Seahawks could use another corner here. Jeff Gladney was a in discussion here for me, but I think Raekwon Davis is just a little bit better player. Um, and at, at a bigger position in need. you got to find someone else on the defensive line to make plays. I think losing Frank Clark is a bigger need than most people thought. You replaced him with Jay Davion Clowney, but they're kind of opposite players. you got to find someone else on the defensive line. Raekwon Davis here, massive, huge, powerful guy. Um, again, not the, not the fastest guy, and he does struggle a little bit with hand placement when he's trying to push upfield. But other than that, I think he's... A high floor player, just plug and play, start right away. Raekwon Davis here at pick 31. And pick 32, this has kind of been a consensus fit for me the entire year. Dylan Moses, linebacker Alabama, going to Baltimore Ravens. I just think that he reminds me so much of C.J. Mosley and the Ravens defense. They're still playing phenomenal. They could use another player like C.J. Mosley on the team. Um, Linebacking core has kind of been very up and down. This year, um, Anna Wasar has played pretty okay. Matthew Judon's a free agent, I think, at the end of the year. So they're going to need another linebacker to place. Playing Dylan Moses, he's going to be coming back fully back healthy. He would be a top 10 pick if he was fully healthy this year. He obviously isn't. He got hurt. And now his draft stock's falling, similar to Jalen Smith's did last year. Or not last year, in a couple years ago in 2017. Um, he, he's a, Moses is a great player, great playmaker. And uh, I think this is the the biggest perfect fit in the entire draft is Dylan Moses, an Alabama linebacker, going to Baltimore Ravens, who are known for drafting Alabama Crimson Tide football players, even with no more Ozzie Newsom in the general manager chair. But that is the episode. That is the mock draft. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys have any other questions, thoughts, or concerns, go ahead and DM me on Twitter once again, at JoshBerg0611 or at WNDraftPod. That's WN Draft Pod on Twitter or at JoshBerg0611 on Twitter. Um, and I'll be happy to elaborate any more on uh, on some selections here. A couple guys that, again, didn't make the first-round cut that I think could or will um, come draft time. It just didn't in my mock based on the way the board fell. DeAndre Swift, running back out of Georgia, is the big one, um, mo- mostly because I took Taylor to Miami over Swift because I think he's just a better fit. Um Terrell Lewis, the guy that I mentioned going to the Senior Bowl, he did not make the round one cut either. Trayvon Diggs and Justin Jefferson were a couple other SEC names that didn't. And then my personal favorites, obviously, Jalen Johnson and Jeff Gladney missed the cut as well. But again, guys fall all the time in the draft to round two, and you can still be good players. This is why this is one of my favorite classes I've ever scouted because of how deep it is at multiple positions. Therefore, the value is going to be pushed up the board for those positions that have less depth. So offensive linemen are always pushed up towards the top. I think you're going to see a corner. Those top tier guys are going to go off quick, and then you're going to have a lot of these other guys like Johnson and Gladney and Adebo pushed up, pushed up the boards a little bit. Um, and I, like I said, I got most of them off the board. Obviously, Diggs, Adebo, and Johnson didn't make my round one guys. I think interior defensive line is extremely shallow this year outside of Kinlaw, Derek Brown, and Raquan Davis. So that's another position that could be pushed. Plus, this has no trades. So you could see a team that trades up in the back end around one to take a quarterback to get that fifth-year option, like a Fromm or a Hertz or an Eason or a Jordan Love, who is, again, skyrocketing again. So that would push some more positional players down the boards. Um, Devonta Smith would have been a round one guy. He would have gone instead of Rieger to Green Bay. 
But I think he's going to stay in school. I saw a couple reports the other day saying he's expected to return for his senior year. So right now he is off my draft boards, um, which sucks because it means i got to find another my guy at wide receiver. Maybe it's going to be Chenault this year. I'm not sure. But again, that's the podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you did, give it a five-star review. Again, go to whole9sports.com for all your latest articles, mock draft, prospect breakdowns, and analysis. Go to listen to the Big Shots podcast hosted by my buddies Devin and Mike. And the whole nine sports podcast hosted by Brandon Olson and Dylan Sanders. It's, we've got a lot of great content coming out this this month leading up to the Senior Bowl. And then after that, full prospect analysis going to Pro Days, Combine, and the Draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you guys do stick around with whole nine sports. And until the next time, I'm Josh Berg signing out. Thank you, guys. <laughs>